Welcome to the Court of Appeals. I'm uh, Judge Valerie Zachary. To my right is Judge Allegra Collins. And to my left is Judge April Wood. To your right are our Deputy Clerk Roderick McFarland and Officer Richard Remillard. We have to, before us today for hearing the case of Oak Meadows Community Association appealing the decision of the North Carolina Property Tax Commission which affirmed the decision of the Randolph County Board of Equalization and Review. Is council ready to proceed? Yes, Your Honor. May it please the court, good afternoon. Emily Schultz for Taxpayer Appellant Oak Meadows Community Association. I'd like to reserve seven minutes, please. Oak Meadows Community Association is a nonprofit that owns real property and provides housing to low-income North Carolinians. Oak Meadows provides safe, stable, and affordable housing in a way that protects against unexpected rent increases and cultivates a sense of ownership and self-determination. It does this without any equity shareholder or private investor who financially benefits from the use of the land. And it does this as a nonprofit without any county, state, or federal funding. The property tax exemption that we are here to discuss encourages nonprofits like Oak Meadows to supply the important public good of affordable housing to those who need it most. By taking up that mandate, Oak Meadows has shifted the burden to supply affordable housing off of the state and off of Randolph County, and so off of North Carolina's taxpayers. If nonprofits like Oak Meadows can't afford to provide affordable housing, that burden will fall back to the government to fill the gap. This case presents the court with a narrow question of law and one of first impression. There is no slippery slope for us to be wary of today. We ask this court to rule that a nonprofit owned manufactured housing community that leases affordable home sites is providing housing within the meaning of North Carolina General Statute Section 105-278.6, subsection A8. The ruling we seek will not open any floodgate to any other scenario. It will merely promote the clear intent of the exemption to increase the supply of affordable housing available to North Carolinians and to support nonprofits that dedicate resources to providing this important public good. How did the Oak Meadows community get started? Oak Meadows community was a manufactured housing community prior to becoming a nonprofit owned cooperative. Um, it happened the regular way that trailer parks come to be. Um, in 2020, Oak Meadows Community Association was aided by another 501c3 nonprofit called Rock or Resident Owned Communities USA. And with that help and another nonprofit, they were able to purchase the land. They, con they convinced a new owner to sell them the properties so they could own their own community. How, what is the tax bill? The tax bill for the year at issue, I think, was around $12,000. And it's been around ten dollars to $13,000 every year since then. And for this court's edification, that is a significant enough bill for the community that they've had to raise rents to pay it in the past year. How much is rent? Rent is four fifteen for a lot. Um, because Oak Meadows fulfills the, the exemption's intent here and because it satisfies the exemption's plain requirements, we ask this court to reverse the tax commission and find that the exemption we're discussing today applies to Oak Meadows. And who owns the mobile homes? The individual residents own their homes. And are they members of the LLC? Um, they're members of the North Carolina Nonprofit Corporation, which is Oak Meadows Community Association. Okay. So yes, the membership of OMCA, taxpayer appellant here, is limited to residents. 
um, residents are limited, people who live there, and ownership of a house is limited to residents as well. So there's no one who owns a home and leases it to someone else, for example. But you don't necessarily have to be low income to live there, right? So as a matter of fact, everyone who lives in the community, as far as we know, is low income using the 80% of area median income threshold. Um, there are circumstances where someone who doesn't qualify as low or moderate income could own, um, those are specific hardship requirements, um, which I'll address in just one second. But before I do, um, there's not a shred of evidence that anyone who lives in the community makes above 80% AMI, and that is the threshold for low income used in similar circumstances, like in the 501c3. But I will address the circumstance where someone could find um, themselves in a position to buy a manufactured house that's in the community. Um, that would only be if the community um, was unable to find someone who did qualify as lower moderate income to live in that, in that house on that lot. Um, we don't know that ever happening, for one. Uh, I don't think that's actually the facts on the ground. But also, it's important to step back and remember that Oak Meadows members own the land, so they pay the mortgage. So to the extent there's a lot standing open, it does present a real hardship to the nonprofit because the other residents have to cover that loss. They have to raise rents or otherwise contribute from their, you know, their funds and their supply to cover the rent that's not coming in. So it's not like some landlord's profits are being cut by having an open unit while they wait for someone to apply. It's, it's a real burden, you know, shouldered by the residents themselves who are the low-income North Carolinians. So the residents bring the mobile home with them, or is there one that's on the property? Because my understanding is that all, if not the vast, or I should say the vast majority, if not all of the homes were already on the property when Oak Meadows became a nonprofit um, cooperative. Uh, although the homes are technically mobile, they are very difficult to move, and typically it's cost prohibitive to move a home. So the homes, um, they don't become structures, they're not permanently built onto the real property, which is the manufactured housing community. Um, but they, they stay where they are. It's an expense to move one. Uh, the county argues two reasons uh, why Oak Meadow should be denied the exemption to which we believe it's entitled. Um, first, the county says that providing home sites for manufactured housing does not meet the exemption's requirements. Um, in so arguing, the county is impermissibly grafting onto the language of the exemption a requirement that is simply not present in the text. The text of the statute does not require that a nonprofit own and lease out homes, houses, apartments, or anything else. It simply requires that it own real property. And I think the parties agree Oak Meadows does own real property. Second, the county argues that the property is not exclusively occupied and used for the charitable purpose of providing affordable housing. Um, that argument respectfully confuses the facts, I think, in the record below. Um, and it also, I think, misstates to some extent the application of exclusive use um, requirements by this court to similar exemptions. Um, as I said a moment ago, there is no evidence whatsoever that any person who is not qualified as low income lives in the community. Um, and separately, North Carolina courts have not enforced a definition of exclusive use that would disqualify Oak Meadows, even if one or several lots was used by a higher income person. Don't you concede, excuse me. No, you go first. Um, don't you concede in your brief that, that, you're, that Oak Meadows is providing an element of housing? like one, one part of housing? I, I believe um, our brief sets out the definition we're using for housing, which is a place to live, and we believe that Oak Meadows does provide that. Underneath housing is manufactured housing. That's a recognized category of housing. It's zoned in North Carolina. The General Assembly has acknowledged it not only as housing, but also a key component of affordable housing. But in another part of the general statutes. That's right. Yes, that's right. Um, within a manufactured housing, there are two necessary components, right? There's the home site and then there's the manufactured home itself. 
The home alone is not housing without somewhere to put it. Um, so we understand it, it takes both. Um, we don't think that the statute requires a nonprofit to own both or provide both. It simply requires that it provide real property, which in this case, Oak Meadows is clearly doing. So if you were providing real property and somebody were to bring a tent, that wouldn't qualify under the statute? Uh, we, we don't think that tent is a recognized category of housing in North Carolina, for one, unlike manufactured housing, so no, neither would sleeping out or camping, et cetera. Okay, so if someone were to, let's say, vacate one of the mobile homes and move the mobile home with them at that point, is your contention that you still would get a tax exemption for that lot or no? I think yes. Um, the empty lot in the manufactured house community would still be available for use as housing for someone, someone who owned a manufactured home specifically to bring in. Well, doesn't the statute require that as for real property, it has to be actually and exclusively occupied and used by the owner for charitable purposes? So if it were empty, it's not being actually occupied. Isn't that correct? Um, that's right. I don't believe that this court has, um, or any court in North Carolina has held that an affordable housing, let's say an apartment in a different context that was vacant between um, tenants, let's say, would be during that time um, not categorized as housing or not categorized as providing housing actually and exclusively in the language of the statute. Um, but I would consider the Forsyth County case, um, the appeal of Forsyth County it has to do with Wake Forest University's football stadium. And in that case, um, the court found that I think one-third one or 36% of a parking lot, the football stadium parking lot, was used by R.J. Reynolds employees predominantly, like Monday to Friday when they parked for work. And in that case, the court held that they would kind of schlop that part off, right, and just deal with the other two-thirds-ish that was for the football stadium to use and apply it there. So if this court was uncomfortable with setting a rule that an empty lot would be qualified as housing, there's still plenty of coverage and comfort in the statute, subsection D, to you know, carve out those one or two small lots that might not be occupied at a given time. The county says that the exemption does not apply here because Oak Meadows does not own the manufactured houses that are on the property. Um, like I said a moment ago, that is adding a requirement that's not present in the text of the statute. Um, no case law or authority says that to provide housing, one must own a home, manufactured or otherwise. But would you concede that, that merely providing property doesn't provide housing? We would certainly agree that not all land is housing, um, to put it that is, way. Is any land housing? Certainly. In the case here, manufactured housing communities, we believe, are housing in the sense that they're giving someone somewhere to live. And I'll draw a contrast. I have a backyard, it's not providing housing, no one can live there legally, it's not zoned for someone to live in, same with the parking lot outside or the football stadium at NC State. Um, manufactured housing is a category of housing that's been recognized and zoned for in our state. So as a matter of law, manufactured housing, manufactured home sites are a place for housing, unlike those other examples, backyards, street corners, for example. And as a matter of reality, 150 people do live there um, in 60 home sites. The residents are quite literally living in manufactured houses at Oak Meadows Community Association on the property that is their home. And you would concede that the statute doesn't say provide a place for housing or provide property for housing. It simply says provide housing, correct? It says that the nonprofit is providing housing, yes. Yeah, that's right. And so would this really be a question for the legislature? 
I think the legislature could clear, you know, make a more definite statement of the statute to specify that the manufactured housing community like Oak Meadows would qualify, but I don't think that's necessary. I think that we meet the requirements of the statute, including by the plain language of the statute. The county provided a few definitions of housing in their briefing, which I'm sure you've seen already, but one of them is, for example, lodging. Well, the definition of lodging is a place to live. Oak Meadows provides a place for these folks to live. Um, we received your uh, memorandum of additional authority. Yes. And you cite the, the Blue Ridge housing case. Yes. Uh, and what, what would you like for us to take from that case? Sure. So in that case, um, it was kind of an interesting fact pattern. There was a nonprofit that partnered with a for-profit. The nonprofit owned 0.1% of a housing development. And the court found in that case that the nonprofit was the owner of, of the housing, and the full thing was exempt from that reason, um, even though, again, it had this tiny 0.1% ownership. If the court wants to consider Oak Meadows providing housing, counting the houses on the property as well as the home sites, we would argue that Oak Meadows is more than this de minimis 0.1% owner of the whole, you know, the gestalt of the whole thing together. And for that reason, the court can find that the whole thing, including the manufactured homes themselves, are under this case owned by nonprofit Oak Meadows Community Association. The full thing would be exempt. Even though the, even though the manufactured homes are titled to someone else? That's right. Um, I think that the, the case you're referring to, the Bakersville case, actually does say the title of the property is not the definitive factor of what's ownership. Things like management, um, determination of how it's used, et cetera. And in this case, the residents follow bylaws, they follow, follow community rules, et cetera. So in this case, all of those factors of real ownership we think are met. I want to talk about the um, hallmark um, criteria of manufactured housing that typically manufactured home communities are subject to this kind of divided ownership structure. So typically speaking, um, someone else owns the land than the residents who own the homes. That's a, like I said, a hallmark feature of manufactured housing communities. Uh, by requiring a nonprofit to own both the house, the houses, and the home sites, we think that the county would almost categorically exclude manufactured home communities from this exemption. We think that interpretation is at odds with the General Assembly's statement in North Carolina General Statute Section 160D-910A. And in that statute, the General Assembly said, you know, quite explicitly, manufactured housing offers affordable housing opportunities to low and moderate income residents of this state who could not otherwise afford to own their own home. So even in that statement, recognizing manufactured housing as a critical piece of the affordable housing infrastructure of North Carolina, the General Assembly specified that manufactured housing is, is valuable in part because the residents actually own their own home. They develop you know, some equity in that home and, and otherwise have control over their circumstances, unlike in traditional rental units. Um, because of this, uh, you know, we would argue Oak Meadows is providing affordable housing to low-income North Carolinians who own their own manufactured home. And we know that's a real contingent of people in North Carolina who really need a place to go. Um, it's not easy to find a manufactured home site that's affordable, reliable, predictable, stable, et cetera, um, legal for one. A manufactured house might be housing, but without a place to put it, it's not really functioning that way. You can't live in a manufactured home that's driving around the highway, right, with the big wide load flags. There's, you can't live in that. It needs a place to go. Um, and without an affordable home site, manufactured housing isn't affordable housing. So you need all of those components to meet the requirements here. You've cited several statutes where the statute actually does delineate between buildings, the land they occupy, 
um, and adjacent land necessary for use of such building. So it seems to me the legislature knows how to delineate between the two and it didn't do that here. That's certainly true. Um, I think you're referring to 278.7, the very next section of the code. Um, you're exactly right, Judge Collins. It does refer to um, buildings, land with buildings on it and adjacent land required for the use of those buildings. Um, as you point out, the legislature knows how to say that. It does in a lot of other sections and it didn't here. It merely required real property, which includes land, as I know you know, without buildings built upon it. I'll turn um, for a moment to the exclusive use arguments. Um, first, uh, I want to address the posture for a second. Um, the court or the commission below found one, I think, germane finding of fact. That finding of fact said that at least 75% of the residents are below 80% AMI. Uh, that's our low income threshold. Um, there's no fact finding in the record below that would support the county's argument that you, um, this court, could rule against um, Oak Meadows and find that exclusive use is not met. Um, so there's, there's one fact that would support our conclusion that it is met, and there's no fact that would go the other way. Um, because of that kind of posture, we believe this court is restricted to either finding for Oak Meadows on the exclusive use question or remanding tax to the tax commission. Um, of course, we believe that the fact finding below is sufficient for this court to find exclusive use, and I'd point you back to um, some of the cases that are um, cited in the briefs, including the Forsyth County Appeal, that's the Wake Forest parking lot case, as well as Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. In that case, there was a cafeteria that was open to the public, and the court determined that um, that public use, incidental use of a public cafeteria wasn't sufficient to find against exclusive use. Um, as a matter of fact, um, the survey results um, also support the conclusion, or the, the factual conclusion in the tax commission. Um, they're in the record at page six, and, and that survey was issued in 2020, and 90% of the households in the community responded to that survey, and of those 90% who responded, 100% confirmed that they were below 80% AMI. So again, um, the 75% threshold that was kind of relied on below, it's a little funky um, when you try to square it with the record. And um, I'll represent, I believe, that kind of framing came from, that's the threshold for the 501c3 application, 75% below 80%. So I think that's where that kind of came in. Um, but this idea that up to 25% of the residents aren't low income, it just simply doesn't square with reality. And I don't think um, that's a, a fair reading of what the finding of fact below actually holds by saying at least 75% um, are low income. The county relies on the Forestry Foundation case and Eagle's Nest case. Um, those two appeals, in both those cases, I think they're pretty squarely distinguishable from the facts here. In Forestry Foundation, there was a 99-year lease um, by the nonprofit owner, taxpayer, to a commercial paper mill, and the property was a forest, was actually used uh, by the paper mill for commercial purposes. Um, Primarily, And in that case, the court held that the primary commercial purpose of the property rendered the purported educational use was the exemption in that case. The, the purported educational use to be merely incidental to the actual commercial use. Um, there's no reason to believe there's anything like that going on here. Oak Meadows has no commercial uses. It does nothing besides provide manufactured home sites um, for low-income North Carolinians to live in. Um, similarly, the Eagle's Nest case, uh, Eagle's Nest up in the mountains. It's a summer camp is how I know it. Um, apparently that's what the court concluded as well. Um, in that case, the nonprofit had like, 
I think two semesters of 35 students for 10th grade every year. And then in the summer, a flood of 300 summer campers came and did rock climbing and horseback riding and canoeing. In that case, um, the court held that the actual use of the, of, the pro, of the property wasn't the educational 10th grade semesters, it was a summer camp, which is recreational. So those two cases, the cases that don't find exclusive use, they're just plainly not the facts we have here and they don't square here. Um, and there's no case that we've reviewed that requires that every single activity happening on the property be to the charitable purpose in order to hit that um, actual and exclusive use requirement. It's just not how the courts interpret that language. Happy to go on. <laughs> you may if you like. Okay. Um, I want to talk about uh, the statutory canons of interpretation about the strict construction and construing against the taxpayer. I did want to address that quickly. Um, the clear requirements of the statute's language we believe are met. If not, the next step for this court would be to look to the intent of the legislature in drafting that language. Only if after doing that analysis, the meaning isn't clear, would this court then revert to the statutory um, interpretation canons of strict interpretation or construing against the taxpayer. So I'd, um, I'd caution the court not to jump from A to D. There's steps in between that you can ascertain the intent even if you do think the language itself is ambiguous. And we would argue, of course, that um, those steps in between would all militate against um, denying the exemption here because the spirit of the exemption will clearly apply to Oak Meadows Community Association. Uh, also, strict construction, of course, does not mean that the statute should be construed narrowly or stingily. It just means that it should be applied, um, that everything should be excluded from the statute's operation that does not clearly come within the scope of the language. So not strict construction does not mean we lose if it's ambiguous, simply that you have to narrowly apply the, um, the language. And both cases that the county cites um, for that, I think they're Worley and Pavilion, both of those cases following that canon actually found the exemption applied for the taxpayer. If the court has no more questions, I'll reserve my time for rebuttal. Thank you. Thank you. May it please the court, I am Emily Meeker with Pointer Sproul, and with me at council table is Amy Scotton, who is the deputy county attorney for Randolph County. In this appeal, Oak Meadows asked the court to find either that the word housing means land, or to rewrite the statute to allow an exemption for a nonprofit providing land for housing. Do you concede that there is no statutory definition of the word housing? We did not find a statutory definition of the word housing. And so in that case, we look to the plain and ordinary meaning. Um, and in that, we uh, provide in our briefs the definition from Merriam-Webster, which is shelter or lodging in the form of dwellings, um, and Black's, the definition from Black's Law Dictionary, which are structures for people to live in, such as houses, apartments, or condominiums. Before the Property Tax Commission, um, the Property Tax Commission held that Oak Meadows um, provides land for manufactured housing, but Oak Meadows does not provide the manufactured housing for its residents. As a result, Oak Meadows does not qualify for the exemption for that reason but alone. Can, can you really separate out the land 
and the structure because you simply can't have housing a structure without land to put it on, correct? Or an ocean. You need, you need to have uh, land to put it on, but yes, you can separate it out. Um, the manufactured home would be housing somewhere else. Uh, and land without a manufactured home on it, a home site, for example, is not housing. Uh, council even concedes that a tent is not housing. So certainly then plain land is not housing. So a company that provides housing by building um, mobile homes would get an exemption even though they have nowhere to put them, but the property owner wouldn't get any exemption? Well, they'd have to provide the housing to individuals or families with low or, low or moderate income. So I, I think they would have to find a place to. So they would provide it to the low income person, but, uh, and at that point, it seems to me under the plain language of the statute, they get a tax exemption. Now, whether that low income person can find a lot is up to them. That, that's right, Your Honor. Uh, the legislature uh, wrote the exemption for a nonprofit organization providing housing. Um, if Oak Meadows wants to change that, it needs to lobby the General Assembly. But doesn't uh, that fly in the face of the intent to have actually a place for a person to live? If they have no way to put it on a piece of property, that doesn't give them a place to live, correct? Just gives them the house on a trailer. It, it does right give around. them a house, house on a trailer, but the legislature's intention was to. Uh, provide an exemption for nonprofits providing housing, not land. I have a question about that, if yes. you don't mind. So uh, the title of the exemption refers to real and personal property used for charitable purposes. And yes. then it says, as to real property, is actually exclusively occupied and used by the owner for charitable purposes. Um, how do you exempt real property then if you don't have real property and uh, a dwelling on it. I, I, how, how can the real property fall under this exemption? Well, real property includes uh, structures as well, permanent structures. So, But is there a requirement in the statute that there be a permanent structure on the real property for it to be exempted? I'm not sure that there's a, a requirement that be a permanent structure. There is a requirement that there be housing, um, and that is a dwelling or some sort of lodging for people. And in this instance, there's housing. It's just not owned by the co-op. Is that right? It, the nonprofit is not providing it. It is providing the land alone. That's right. When I look under Section E, it does talk about real property held by an organization um, for a future site for housing can be classified under the section for no more than 10 years. So that, to me, reads like it can be exempted without a structure on it under that's, that's correct. And in that, and, and Oak Meadows argues that it's absurd to uh, require housing um, if you look at subsection E. But if we look at subsection E, it doesn't show that the General Assembly didn't intend for there to be housing on the property. It showed that the General Assembly understood that it takes time to put housing on a property. So a nonprofit providing housing can purchase the land, have it rezoned, and then construct housing on it. And it can be exempt under subsection E during that time. But if um, the housing, is, if the property isn't actually used for housing within 10 years, um, the nonprofit loses the exemption on that property. And they have to actually pay back the, the money that has been, the taxes that have been deferred, right? They do. They do. And, and I think that shows that the legislature was being extremely um, reasonable and thoughtful about what it meant and what it requires to. Uh, provide housing, which sometimes will cause, re require some amount of construction time. 
the other thing that Oak Meadows argues is that um, it is providing housing because it provides a mobile home site. Um, that argument is based on a strained reading of General Statute 4240. Um, that statute uh, defines premises as a, a dwelling unit, including a mobile home and mobile home site. Um, it does not define the word housing, and it is not a tax statute. Um, there is no indication that the legislature intended to redefine um, housing in that statute. In fact, what the legislature intended to do was make clear that the residential rental agreement laws, which is what Section 4240 is about, apply to the rental of mobile home sites. Um, so that argument also does not succeed. Uh, the other thing that uh, Oak Meadows argues is about the Blue Ridge case. To the extent there's some sort of different argument about ownership that was not made before uh, the Property Tax Commission uh, or in the briefs before this court, uh, so that argument is waived. Um, I'd like to also um, turn to our exclusive use argument, which is a separate grounds for um, affirming the Property Tax Commission's decision. Uh, the statute requires that the nonprofit organization um, provide housing and that the um, housing be actually and exclusively occupied and used for the charitable purpose, which in this case is providing housing for low or moderate income families. Um, in North Carolina Forestry Foundation, the North Carolina Supreme Court defined exclusive. It defined that as sole or singular. Um, before the Property Tax Commission, Oak Meadows had the burden of establishing that the sole or singular use of the property was for low or moderate income families. It did not need that burden. The only finding that the Property Tax Commission made was that at least 75% of the families were low or moderate income. That is not sufficient to show that it was solely or singularly used by moderate or low income families. Um, there is also an extremely large practical problem here. Um, Oak Meadows, and I think it is conceded now, does not require in its bylaws that uh, its residents be low or moderate income families or individuals. It does not uh, ask that low or moderate income families uh, certify their income by income documents or taxes, which is different than the typical affordable housing situation where um, you know, a, a tenant has to qualify for the housing and has to show that it qualifies for the housing. Um, and Oak Meadows uh, also um, allows for situations, the bylaws allows for situations where low or moderate income families can join the community. Um, if Oak Meadows does not require low or moderate, uh, proof of low or moderate um, incomes, how can the county administer this and be sure that these residents are actually low or moderate income? Um, Oak, resident, Oak Meadows doesn't check, and, and so is the county supposed to do a survey every year to determine this? I mean, it would be impossible to administer um, in that way. Um, and in fact, this statute is one that Oak Meadows only has to apply for once and gets the exemption. Um, it doesn't have to reapply and provide any evidence. Um, and there's so, no sort of guardrails um, in terms of uh, limiting its use to low or moderate income families. Um, the cases cited by council also just don't support their argument. Um, Wake Seminary was decided before Forestry Foundation. 
and it, there was actually no evidence of the use of the property in that case. And the court said that if there were evidence, uh, the tax exemption status might change. In the Wake Forest University case, the, the property that was also used by um, the football, or sorry, the, the commercial entity, the court found that that property was not exempt. Um, so that case also does not support council or Oak Meadows. Um, so uh, in this case, the county has offered uh, definitions of housing that are consistent with the plain and ordinary meaning of the word housing, shelter, lodging, dwellings for people. Oak Meadows definition is not consistent and the court should reject their arguments. And the alternative of the court that can hold that uh, Oak Meadows did not meet its burden of showing that the property is exclusively and actually used and occupied by low and moderate income families or individuals. And for those, re those reasons, unless the court has anything more, the county requests that the court affirm the decision of the North Carolina Property Tax Commission. Thank you. Please support. Oak Meadows is not asking this court to rewrite the statute. We're asking you to please apply the language of the statute as written and not add or graft onto it any additional requirement. Additional requirements might be that we own the manufactured houses. Uh, they might be that we are income checking people, for example, regularly and checking their tax returns. Those requirements simply are not in the statute. The county doesn't say otherwise. I want to address the county's contention that Oak Meadows Housing, um, Oak Meadows Community Association is providing merely land or only land. Oak Meadows provides more than that. It provides a manufactured housing community. As we spoke about a moment ago, not just all land is a legitimate, legal, manufactured housing community. There's infrastructure involved, there's roads, there's home sites, septic, power, water, snow plowing, et cetera, uh, drainage and other infrastructure projects. The other subsections of 278.6a um, list things like churches, YMCAs, societies against the cruelty for animals, a bunch of different nonprofits that would qualify for the same exemption. Um, I don't believe that the county would argue that any of those other subsections requires the additional element of a structure being built onto the land at issue. Um, and I don't think there's any basis in the text um, or in any kind of hypothetical intent by the General Assembly to require that additional requirement only for subsection A8, providing housing, but not for any of the other subsections. Uh, regarding, I apologize, I'm doing a laundry list, I'm not supposed to do that, but <laughs> regarding the Blue Ridge Bakerville case, um, I just wanna acknowledge it's not actually a new argument we're raising here about ownership, it's responding to the county's argument that Oak Meadows doesn't own the homes and therefore can't be exempt um, for the property. It's simply responding to that and saying that this court has taken a broader view of ownership and said that the, the nonprofit doesn't have to own the entire enterprise, the entire structure um, has to have some ownership element. And again, in that case, it was a microscopic 0.1% ownership. Can you talk to me a little bit about the infrastructure that you were talking about earlier? So there are roads, there is, are there sewer hookups, is there electric hookups? Yes, exactly, yep, there's, there's septic hookups, electric hookups, cable for internet, 
Um, the, the roads, like you said, are a big part of it. The mobile home spots have certain zoning requirements as well. Um, the community just did a really big capital spend on a drainage project, which was in the tens of thousands of dollars as a project. They also cut down dangerous hanging, almost dead, you know, standing dead trees that could fall down and injure the property. So it's a building, it's a uh, real property that is maintained, built up as and maintained as a place to live. There's mailboxes at the front, for example, um, things like that. In the Forsyth County case, the Wake Forest football lot case, um, in addition to finding that um, a little under two-thirds of the parking lot actually was exclusively used for the educational purpose of going to see football games, I guess, um, in addition to that, uh, the court actually acknowledged that R.J. Reynolds' employees could park anywhere they wanted to, and their visitors could too. They could use the whole lot. If they wanted to park across and walk in and get their steps for the day, they could do that. Um, the fact that that incidental use for a non-educational purpose um, could or possibly from time to time did happen, did not exclude that part of the lot from the exemption. Um, and finally, the, the last argument I wanted to address was that um, the county raised this argument that it's a burden, maybe an untenable burden for them to check the income in order to qualify the community as being for low-income people. That argument would apply in any affordable housing context, not just this one where the divided ownership between the manufactured homes and the lots themselves. Um, I'm not sure how the county could square that argument, uh, which seems untenable because, again, that would exclude any um, low-income housing from the application of the exemption um, unless, again, they were to impose some extra textual requirement that the nonprofit be checking and reporting on incomes. I'm not aware of such a requirement. The county hasn't cited one either. Unless the court has more questions, I'll close by saying Oak Meadows, uh, like I said to start, is a nonprofit that owns real property and provides affordable housing to vulnerable, low-income North Carolinians. Um, affordable housing is the exclusive and only use of Oak Meadows' real property. The county's argument that Oak Meadows does not provide housing is not supported by the text of the exemption and it contradicts the spirit of the exemption. That spirit is to support nonprofits in making affordable housing available to low-income North Carolinians. Manufactured housing is only housing to the extent that there's a home site to put it on. And manufactured housing is only affordable housing to the extent that that home site is affordable. Oak Meadows makes housing available it makes affordable housing available to low-income North Carolinians by leasing sites in a safe, secure, and affordable manufactured housing community. Accordingly, we ask this court to reverse the decision by the Tax Commission and hold that the exemption in Section 105-278.6 applies to Oak Meadows Community Association. And should this court find that Oak Meadows does provide housing, we ask the court to rely on the Tax Commission's factual finding um, as supported by other documents in the record and hold that it satisfies the exclusive use requirement as well. Um, however, should this court not consider the record to be sufficient to do so, um, we respectfully ask that this court remand the, to the Tax Commission for further findings on the, the factual issue of actual use of the property. Thank you. Thank you. That concludes oral arguments in this matter. I want to thank counsel uh, for your excellent arguments. Uh, we'll adjourn.